this is going to be a good one. That's going to be a good one. I, I, I knew it. I knew it when we came up Myth with the Busters. idea. The Mythbusters edition of the Need to Serve podcast. So I'm Ben Broussard. I'm here with my colleague. Sarah Bakke. Sarah Bakke. Great to see you, Ben. Hey, it is. Gosh, it's good to be here. Uh, so I've been here for about four years. And I have received every phone call in the book. And how you've been here for two. Two, a little over two years. Okay, yeah. have you received those phone calls too? Oh, my goodness. I Yeah. Every phone call in the book. Every one of them. <laughs> um, great questions. Man, we get questions uh, about all kinds of things, but especially regarding volunteering. Um, yep. We love volunteers, Ben. I'm so over. excited to talk about volunteers. We love our volunteers. Um, and so because we we get questions about everything and and under the sun, we wanted to do a Mythbusters edition of the Need to Serve podcast. Everything you ever wanted to know about volunteering at Catholic Charities of Acadiana, but couldn't ask, didn't want to ask, was scared to ask. Or didn't even know to ask. Right? I'm sure there are those people, too. Yeah. You just didn't know. <laughs> um, so, look, real quick, I'm the Chief Communications Officer for Catholic Charities. Uh, it It is my job among a few other things to tell stories about what we do. Sarah? Community Engagement Coordinator for Catholic Charities of Acadiana. I get to work with volunteers, donations, and parish social ministries. So I get to work with the cream of the crop. Yes. All those good people wanting to give their best for others. So I love that. Yeah. I love it. Um, let's, I think let's start off. Let's talk about how important volunteers are to us. Um, you know, we have several programs, and I'm just going to kind of pick on St. Joseph Diner first. Like, there's, we couldn't do what we do without volunteers. Correct. Yes, volunteers are so essential to our work. As you said, we couldn't do what we do. Well, while we have a really um, good, dedicated staff, the amount of what we are called to do is so far beyond what our staff can accomplish. So our volunteers really are essential. Um, when volunteers sign up, if they have to cancel for any reason, that's a real loss to us because we really, they really are an integral part of accomplishing our, our day-to-day work for those that we serve. Um, and in addition to that, they're, they're just a part of the work naturally. This, this work doesn't belong just to our staff. It's really the work of the church and the community and the world. And so volunteers are essential in that way too yeah and so on a day-to-day basis uh, whether it's through St. Joseph Diner or through our disaster response operations and outside of a pandemic at Foodnet Food Bank and some of our other programs um, we we need volunteers in order to do the work that we're doing Um, it's not only not feasible for us to have uh, paid employees doing those volunteer jobs we just we couldn't do the free services that we exactly. provide it just wouldn't make money sense yes. but like you just mentioned um, we wouldn't want to do it that way because this isn't just for us. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And the reality is that we do want to give every possible thing that we can to our clients. And if we were to spend those funds on hiring more staff, then we wouldn't have that to give to those that we serve. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, another important thing that I think I want to talk about today is 
um, how sometimes it's hard to find volunteers. And I think that this, this is going to help the, as putting all the, the myths out there and kind of busting them as best we can, um, is going to help with that. It's, it's hard to find volunteers. I know that we're coming out, uh, of this pandemic and, um, it's, it's easy to think that those with free time generally are folks who, uh, who maybe would be more concerned about pandemic related things. Uh, but we just, we also live in a very busy world where, Absolutely. where folks have a lot going on. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And so, um, yeah, let this be an invitation. Absolutely. Let me say too, too though, that we, we live in a busy world, but we also live in a world that I think is increasingly aware of the importance of serving the community, especially here in Acadiana, increasingly aware of serving the community and increasingly aware of the importance of charitable works. So I think we have both those both those dynamics going on. And so hopefully this podcast can, can just offer that invitation to those yeah. who are maybe on the fence or maybe a little uncertain. Yeah. Yeah. Now, d- I'm, I'm thinking of it as a push-pull in life. Like Absolutely. We, we, Tension. There's mm-hmm. all these things that are that are clawing for our attention, and there are good things. We have work. We have extracurriculars for our children, extracurriculars for us. Maybe there are some adults out there that do things on for um, you know, extracurricular on their own. I don't know what that's like. <laughs> I have three kids. I have no clue what it's like to they do stuff for yourself. They are the extracurricular, Ben. Yeah. Children yeah. are the extracurricular. Oh, gosh, I love them. Um, <laughs> Noah, Joel, and Andrew, I love you. I love going to all of your events. Um, <laughs> but the the thing is, um, it, it's so good. And this is something as a dad I'm thinking um, to to build that muscle from a young age of making sure that we are thinking about doing things that do not benefit us. Yes. Yeah. We really have to be intentional about that, about that. And I think just kind of shifting, putting a a different lens, shifting the the focus of that activity as something that is extra in our lives to something that is integral. So even in the family life, in the family life, like why can't we take a time of service and use that as our recreational family relationship building activity versus you know, that's something else we have to add into the pot. Let's take something out of the pot and put that in, in its place. So that's, that's my thought Amen, on Sarah. that. It may be easier said than done, but I just want to offer that as, you know, like a, a lens shifter. Yeah. Or that's the ideal. Like, let's shoot for that. Mm-hmm. You know, let's shoot for that. And let me say, too, I think as parents, we have a really great power with our attitudes towards certain certain things to shift the attitudes of our our children. So if I'm super excited about serving other people and I'm, you know, joyful about it and laughing on the way to service and we're, you know, getting donuts, um, you know, in the car on the way to, to service, that, how can that, I mean, that, that creates just such a, a great um, environment for, for my children to adopt that same attitude. So as opposed to, uh, gosh, I can't right. believe we have to do this. Yeah. We get to, we get to do we get this. To do we this. get to volunteer. So let's talk about it. Let's one, talk about volunteering. One more ben. time for the people all the way in the back. I want to make sure they hear it. We get to do we this. We get to do this. Uh, I love it. And we want to invite you. That is right. <laughs> you get to do this too. So Fan- come on. <laughs> Fantastic segue <laughs> into the uh, volunteer opportunities that we do have throughout the programs of Catholic Charities of Acadiana. First and foremost, Sarah, we're St. Joseph Diner. St. Joseph Diner. I would say 
by and large, that is the program that most people know. If people don't know of Catholic Charities of Acadiana, they don't know of St. Joseph Diner. That's right. So Mm -hmm. it opened in 1983 uh, as a traditional soup kitchen serving the needs of those who are experiencing hunger, uh, primarily downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as it has evolved over the decades that it's been open, we are now producing food in St. Joseph Diner, packaging it and and getting it ready for delivery to places as far as Lake Charles yes. and Baton Rouge, which is super exciting. That is exciting. It's truly serving Acadiana and beyond, all from this humble little kitchen. Yes. And so what what are some of the ways that folks can get involved there? Sure. So, so that volunteer opportunity um, sign up is super easy through our website, CatholicCharitiesAcadiana.org. Click on the volunteer tab, St. Joseph Diner, and the page that comes up is an interactive sign up calendar. So you can look at your own calendar, compare it to ours. You can see what shifts are available. And just by left clicking on the cell, you can sign up. You can sign yourself up or your group up. Um, so, so very, very simple. And you could also give, give me a call at any time um, at Catholic Charities for any questions that you would have, but super simple to sign up. And, and when you volunteer, you are, you're, in, you're in a part of a team that is putting together these meals. I mean, you're preparing Correct. them from the very beginning. You're getting them ready for packaging. They have a really cool, it's like spaceships. Uh, it, it, these these Cadillacs, man, these these awesome machines that were made possible because of this partnership that we yes. had with Second Harvest. Um, but you're you're putting together these meals that are either being delivered hot, correct, out of there, or they're they're being um, they're being cooled, they're being flash frozen, and and prepared to be given to folks who are in their homes so that they can have several meals to get through. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the diner, so it's really interesting. I've been here for two years and prior to COVID, the diner was functioning kind of, as we talked about at the beginning as a soup kitchen, people were coming into the diner. That has always been our vision to have people come to us, to have a safe place to eat, to commune with one another. Um, beautiful, beautiful dynamic of uh, the cooks knowing most of the people's names so there was this camaraderie and this friendship and like I said a safe place for people to come so that's kind of the beloved St. Joseph Diner that people know Um, because of COVID we've had to shift that model just like the rest of the world Um, and we don't know how long that shift is going to occur but that's what we're in right now and in our partnership with Second Harvest our volunteers are coming into the diner um, and it's operating as a community kitchen where the food is, as you said, being prepared and going out into the community. So our clients are not coming into the diner at this time, but we are responding to the increased need with expanded meal production and all of that food is going into the community. So those that we served in the diner are still being served just in a different fashion. Absolutely. Our shelter residents are still receiving three, three meals a day through our diner. Um, those who are experiencing homelessness, there are two different locations right now that are serving those hot meals. And then, like you said, Meals on Wheels, um, elderly and other places, disaster-affected areas are getting food, too. So so when volunteers come into St. Joseph Diner, I always encourage them to look beyond the can of peaches that they have or the, the hot meal that they have to the person that they're serving, because that really is our intention. 
that is our intention is to serve the people. Amen. Yeah. And the teamwork aspect in the in the diner, oh, yeah. uh, it is a very safe experience. Um, there's, people love it. They, they yes. love it. it the, 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 your your mask, your glove, you got your hairnet on. That's something you can look forward to, knowing that we care just as much about your safety as you do. Um, and so it is a five day a week volunteer opportunity, at Correct. least for right now, Monday through Friday. Yep. Two shifts a day, morning shift, 7am to 11am afternoon shift, 1130 to 230. Yep. And a minimal of 12 volunteers. So groups are particularly wonderful and helpful. Um, first of all, because in a group you build the teamwork oh, and the yeah. relationship and it's just fun oh yeah it's just fun i had a group this morning that was talking about how um they wish they could bring their mimosas <laughs> hey it's friday y'all we are recording this on a friday um actually the feast of saint joseph um the, you don't get to like i feel like either a volunteer opportunity i think back in high school when you joined a club in high school it's like the ultimate head fake mm-hmm. because you go in and you're like, I'm going to volunteer. But what you come Absolutely. out with, it's, man, you make, so you make relationships beyond. with the yeah. people that you volunteer with. You see them out in the community. At least you see them from the nose up mm-hmm. out in the community. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, actually, the mask is the supposed ma- to be above uh, the nose. Well, yeah, it's it's like really kind of like the, the bridge. The bridge That's and right. the right. That's okay. right. Is it the bridge or the ridge? <laughs> I think it's the bridge. It's if it's if it's the ridge i've been saying it wrong my entire life well we'll fact check that after we're done (laughs) today (laughs) that's fabulous oh man you know what i want to do right now let's let's get into these myths let's do it let's get into these myths let's see uh where um Oh, I, I feel like we should have some bumper music right now. You know, I know, some yeah. Buster music. <laughs> right. Anyway. And okay. every myth needs to be followed up by some kind of <laughs> sound effect. Sound effect. Yes. Okay. Number one, myth number one, I have to have specialized skills or I, I have to know what I'm doing if I'm going to volunteer here. Nope. Yep. Can I just say nope to all of these myths? Because they're all going to be untrue. So if we could just simplify the podcast, I'll just say nope after everyone. So no, specialized skills. While we do have opportunities for volunteers with specialized skills, I'm thinking in particular of Rebuilding Together, Acadiana, who is doing essential home repairs for the elderly and disabled who cannot do those repairs on their own. And they're also doing disaster response. So these are specialized oftentimes, not exclusively, but oftentimes we need people with basic plumbing skills people with basic electrical knowledge, um, people with drywall, right, all of that. So those specialized skills are necessary in certain areas. However, by and large, the the majority of our opportunities, you do not need specialized skills. Even for Rebuilding Together Acadiana, there's on-site training or the jobs are, you know, cleaning or food packaging, things that you that you can can learn as you go or, you know, just have to have a willing spirit. So so there's really something for everyone um, in that regard. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Myth busted. <laughs> sound, <It's> effect. sound effect. <laughs> Myth number two. This is probably one of my favorite, uh, at, even as a 40 year old man. Um, I have to have prior experience in serving or volunteering. Basically, I have to have volunteered before. This is a, this is definitely a moderate to advanced volunteer opportunity that I if I if I show up, people it's going to look like I know I don't know what I'm doing. Nope. 
<laughs> so yes, that would also be a myth. Um, we love first time volunteers. There is something about a first time volunteer that brings a freshness to the situation. New blood keeps the blood flowing. So not only do you not have to have prior experience, but if you don't have prior experience, you are the ones that we, <laughs> we want. Please come with us. Yes. You get experience. Really, the basic requirement for volunteering is to have a willing heart. That's it. I love that. Yeah. And you get to see them a I few do. days a week. You get to mm -hmm. go and do orientations with volunteers. And, you know, do you get to t you ever talk to the ones after they're like, man, this was my first time? Yeah, there are a few I've been asking volunteers, what, you know, what brought you here today? There are some that have come out of obligation. I say obligation, but maybe, you know, a club that they're involved where sure. they're required to do service hours. So I, I'm considering that like an, a sort of obligation. And maybe those volunteers are a little more uncertain. But I think after the service is over, in general, people are just like, wow, that was great. I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed the people I worked with. I enjoyed, you know, when we do something that is outside of ourself for someone else, we cannot leave less. Like we cannot leave yeah. less joyful. I mean, it's just impossible. Like yeah. God really created us in that way to, to live out, to give of ourselves and live outside of ourselves. And so, um, if, if you go and genuinely serve with a sincere heart and have a bad experience doing that, please call me. I have not yet received that call, and I would yeah. be interested to know. I don't think I'm going to receive that call. No, there's crickets on that phone <laughs> yep, line. I think so. Yeah, tiny transformations mm -hmm. happen yeah. every day, uh, and especially when we put ourselves out there. Absolutely. Right? And sometimes, you know, it's just like taking that first step. It's just going out of your comfort zone. Once that step is taken, it becomes comfortable because it, it's known sometimes that that the biggest obstacle is just that first step. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And bring so, a friend, you know, like if you're really, really that uncomfortable, like I feel like I really want to try this, but it's just that uncomfortable. Get someone to go with you. Yeah. Treat it like a, a, yeah. a, a party your freshman year. You know, you don't want to show up by yourself. Yeah. Bring somebody go. else with That's you. Right. You get all the confidence. That's right. I love it. Myth busted. All right. Number three. I have to have a lot of time on my hands. That's an excuse. I think that <laughs> yeah. you're, you're making excuses. It's like, I'm, no, I'll volunteer when I, when I have right, a lot when of time. I'm retired. When I'm retired. Exactly. When I, right. Yes. When which, my kids leave the yes, house. Which let me say that season of life really is wonderful for volunteering. Um, so, so that, it, that is wonderful. Mm -hmm. We are so happy with that. But if, if a person feels like they need to wait till that time, um, I would say that that's, that's not true. We have, again, volunteer opportunities across the board. I have some sweet mamas who have um, school-aged kids who drop their kids off in Carline, come and volunteer with me for an hour, just a simple hour bef like between their car line drop-off and their next appointment, and help donation sorting. And they come once a week, and they're so happy to be together, and it's a joyful time, and it's genuinely contributing something to the needs of those that we serve. So... For those that don't have a lot of time, you know, just doing those little bits or, you know, even if it's once a year, once a year jumping on to, you know, at a holiday or, or something like that when you have the availability that really, um, yeah, come. And I think you just pointed to something. If you, let's say St. Joseph Diner, if you, if you jump in to volunteer once, 
Yes. It doesn't mean that you need to, that we're going to expect you to jump in once a week or, right. or that we're going to be calling you every day to volunteer. No. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. We, uh, there, there are literally some folks that volunteer during a certain time of the year. Yes. And that's it. Yes. Everybody's schedule is different. Yes. Everybody's. Yeah, We've different. had people come in from out of town to visit family and have wanted to volunteer for, you know, for one time or something. And that's that's awesome. We also have we developed recently. I call it my pinch hitter list. But those volunteers whose schedule is just uncertain or maybe they work at home or maybe they just have a rotating kind of schedule with their work. So they can't commit to anything, but they would love to volunteer. So they're on the call list when we have a gap, when we have a last minute need and they can't always do it, but they're willing to. To try and yeah. so yeah so come up be on the pinch hitter list um special projects come up from time to time too this is going to be something that's not a regular occurrence that maybe we just see a need that we've not noticed before and we need to address it and we offer that opportunity so there's you know one and done kind of thing we have drivers too who have said man the gift that i have the resource that i have is being able to drive um i can't do it regularly but if you ever have that need for a you know to move furniture from one place to another or you know to deliver some food bags to one of your parish social ministries give me a call i'd love to do it that that one time on occasion you know call me and so so those opportunities are available too i think back when hurricane laura and hurricane delta hit and we were in the middle of that hurricane that initial response where it's just a flurry man we were managing all these donations and we were trying to get stuff to lake charles we had several men and women who had trucks and trailers and they were like, listen, I I mean, and and I I remember there was an individual who had a disability and he, and, and this person said, man, I, I want to drive. I can't, I can't help it it, here, here and there, but I can drive. And I was, I was so excited. I was like, we're going to load that truck up and we're going to, we're going to hot shot that thing to Lake Charles. And that individual was so excited Mm -hmm. to be able to do that. Also, uh, we had a we had a program that moved from one location to another physical location Correct. and just getting a team together to do something as simple as moving furniture yep you know yeah whoever thought that moving furniture would would in some way be helping those who are who are poor, you know, the poor in, in our town, but it sure did. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I even had a gentleman who called me and said, I really want to serve. Like he had a disability as well. He had limited physical capacity, but he had noticed on our Amazon wish list that one of the items that we had listed, the price had, it was like six pairs of underwear for $50. It was something outrageous that since we don't monitor it constantly, that was something that escaped our notice. And he was like, I love that. That kind of thing is really <laughs> interesting to me if that's an, a way that I could help just kind of advising you when things are off on the Amazon wish list, I'd love to do that. And how exciting, right? That's something, oh, I never would have thought of that, but that's that's a great, that's going to fill a great need, you know, in, in supplying for the needs of our clients. Like, yes, please help Abs- us. Absolutely. <laughs> That'd be great. And think we have, we have a whole bunch on our plates just between us two. And here are some things that we're not going to see on a regular exactly. basis, but what a great way to help. Yes. Yeah. The body of Christ. Amen. Yeah. I love it. I love it. All right. So number four on our Mythbusters list, I have to fit a certain personality type or I have to be 
the volunteer type. And I guess what mm-hmm. you mean is like, oh, I have to be the volunteery type. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when, when right. you want to explain something, you just put a Y after it. Right. You know, it's like, oh, he's so volunteery. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it, what is that a myth? Well, what would the volunteery type be? I think the, the, the stereotypical volunteery type would be maybe the social person, the compassionate person, the... Yeah, or the one that, that uh, jumps, to, jumps in when someone needs help and they're the first one to raise yes, their hand. Yes, right, that would be the volunteer yeah, type. Right, right. So when I started at Catholic Charities of Acadiana two, a little over two years ago, one of the things I recognized very quickly is that there were so many gifts necessary to make this work possible. We have people in our technology department who spend the entire day behind computers doing essential work. Yeah, pouring over data and making sure that what we're doing is work out. Yeah. Yes, yes. So um, technology, we have the graphic designers to, to share with others what our work is about and invite other people into our work. We have the caseworkers who are connecting directly with clients to get housing for them as quickly as possible or to put them in our shelters. Um, there are all types. There are the volunteer coordinator types, right? Inviting people to join our work. There's the communication types that's interfacing with media. There's, you know, the, the simple, um, the people who are organized and, and clean and tidy <laughs> who come into Stella Maris Hygiene Center and clean and sanitize and restock for the next day of services for those who are going to come in and need. There are the the um, outdoorsy type. Oh, man, there was one group uh, of athletes, of the athletically inclined, that just love to be outdoors, super fit, super energetic, and they got on our campus and did some um, landscape, like, you know, pruning and all of that, sweeping, um, a group in the wings that is going to do some sidewalk cleaning to sanitize our sidewalks for the, in honor of those who have to sleep there um, on occasion at night. So, I mean, all types, all types. Young, introverts, old, extroverts, yes. all, yeah. Data entry, I mean, secretarial volunteers who enter data, make a phone call, all types. We had somebody a few years ago that had a very special skill in statistics. And Interesting. so as an organization, uh, we're, we're very keen on data. Data yes. drives what we do. We will open a program because data shows us that this is where we need need to focus our attention or we will close a program saying, wow, what we're doing here is not working. Uh, We're not afraid of that. But this person and, and their team came in and analyzed our, our data. That was their volunteer service. Yes. And it fit their gifts and it was so cool. And filled our need as well. yes. Yes. Now, one thing I want to share is that when people come to us with ideas, we can't always say yes at that time, right? Because it may just not be the time for that particular gift to be used, or it may not be the circumstance or the situation, but that doesn't mean that it couldn't, that that occasion couldn't arise in the future to be utilized. Absolutely. So the list, 
You mm-hmm. gotta, you, sometimes we keep a list. Hey, it's not right now, but I've yes. seen it. it you yes. come back to it. Sometimes it's like a week later. Yes. Like God works in that kind of yes, way. Yes, yes. Or it could be two years later. That's I right. have people on my mind that I met when I first started in this position that had very particular special gifts that we still haven't had a place for, but they do not leave my mind. I know that that, that time is going to come for their gifts to be used. Um, so, yes. I love it. I love it. All right. So you don't have to fit the personality type or you don't have to be volunteersy. Voluntary? <laughs> Voluntary. Volunteersy. Bridge. Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that word in my sleep. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. Number five on the Mythbusters list. Volunteering on our St. John campus is unsafe. And so I'm going to say that again, but it, the, the St. John campus is where St. John and Simcoe uh, collide. Uh, that's where St. Joseph Diner is, where our men's shelters are, where the Stella Maris Hygiene Center is. So the myth is that volunteering at, in that part of town is unsafe. Correct. I would say um, people often will come to me with this concern. Is it safe? My daughter, my teenage daughter would like to go with her school or to go, you know, with a friend and, and a parent. Is that safe for them to do? And I've again, I've been here for two years and I've never felt unsafe on our St. John campus. Um, not any more unsafe than I do in the parking lot of a grocery store or, you know, going going to d- different locations to do our errands. So I would say just in general, we volunteer service happens during the daytime hours. Uh, our campus is we're very vigilant about safety in general and just in general in our society you just are aware you're aware of your surroundings yeah. you are coming with a partner you're locking your car you're not leaving your wallet in the front seat i sure. mean you wouldn't do that those kind of things in any location so so i really do feel like it's a safe i don't hesitate to say that it is a safe um, environment for volunteers to be in just using common sense like they always would and in fact our clients um, something that that i've noticed is that our, our clients, this is a safe space for our clients. People will come to St. Joseph or come to St. Joseph Diner, come to our St. John campus because it is safer for them. Wow. That's deep. Yes. Say that again. Our clients come to our campus because it is safer yeah. for them. So, and, and that's a story that doesn't get told uh, often enough. I think that being on the street, being unsheltered, there is a there's a great level of uh, a, a great lack of safety for those who are on the street, yes. um, especially at night for yes. them. There's yes. there's often there's crime. There's there's there are things that happen to people who are on the street. And so there the and I think that speaks to the safety of 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 what has been created over the past five decades on that corner is that this is a place of relief. It's a place of mercy. Yes. Uh, and so, yes. yeah, that, that, the safety. Yes. And so coming to our campus, it is likely that you'll encounter an individual, individual or individuals who are sleeping on our sidewalks, have their, their kind of stuff set up on our sidewalks. And again, that is because they feel safe to do that. So, um, I, yeah, I think that's a, a great testimony. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you, let's just pick on the diner for a second. When you come to volunteer at the diner, there is a parking lot for you yes. right off of Simcoe and you, you exit your car and go 
right Right into into the the door Mm -hmm. that's right there. Yep, staff is already in there. They're waiting to receive you. There's a doorbell that you ring, so the door, that's another good point, that the door to St. Joseph Diner is locked so that it is when you're outside the diner, you have to ring to get in. And, um, you know, so, yeah, safety, just general safety precautions are are in place. Glad we covered that. Yes. Um, Okay, so number six on our Mythbusters list volunteering is a good opportunity for the person who volunteers, but it's not really essential to the fulfillment of the work of Catholic Charities of Acadiana. I would say that's a big common myth. I I would say um, pretty regularly people will sign up to volunteer and then um, a handful of times, I guess pretty regularly, will call and say they have to cancel last minute. Most people understand that that's um, kind of a crisis (laughs) for us when they cancel because we really are relying on them to to form a part of our staff at that time. Um, So yes, when, when people sign up, when we ask for volunteers, it is because we are in need of those extra hands and hearts and when they can't fulfill that sometimes you know that happens because of illness emergency those things are totally expected yeah um but for occasionally when someone we call to confirm and someone says oh gosh i just forgot to tell you that my group can't come um th- that is a, a mini crisis yeah. <laughs> for yeah. us because they are important oh sure because we do rely on them and yes. like we, we said earlier in the in the podcast uh, we can't do it one person can't do what 12 people are, are doing. Correct. Yeah, we can't prepare thousands and prepare and package thousands of meals in a shift with, with just person. right with one person or yeah. two people. Yeah. Impossible. Yeah. You are meaningful to us. Yes. We need you. We yes. love you too. Yes. Okay. Number seven on the uh, all time Mythbusters list Catholic Charities of Acadiana edition. <sighs> Volunteering, it just takes a lot of time. We kind of covered this one earlier. We kind of did. But, Have but, a lot of time, takes a lot of time. Um, yeah, they they go hand in hand because some of our opportunities say if you're responding to disaster, that may be an opportunity that you need a, a larger chunk of time. You know, it may take four-hour time slot or an eight-hour time slot, or it may take several weekends in a row to build a ramp. So there are those opportunities, but there are also those opportunities that, that uh, you know, you just come in and out. Yeah. Donation sorting is one that, I mean, we could accomplish a good bit of that in an hour. So that's yeah. no big deal. Data entry. Um, I have a, a wonderful volunteer who helps to confirm all of the those who have previously volunteered in the month to confirm those in our database. So that's something that she is doing on her own time and maybe five, minute, five minutes here and five minutes yeah. there. So, yeah. Love it. That, yeah. Um, okay. On to the next one. Um, number eight. I have to be a certain age to volunteer. Oh, this is one of my favorites because that is just not Mama, true. Mama Sarah, tell us about <laughs> it, Mama. Well, children, <laughs> <laughs> we have one of my favorite volunteers is over 80. I think the last before COVID, I think she was 83. Oh, gosh. 83 and served. She was at St. Joseph Diner serving the very day that it opened for the first time. Miss Mary, we love you. Miss Mary, we love you. Miss Mary, thank you. She was there the first day that it opened, has served ever since, 
And as her age increased, her her role changed. So instead of standing um, and serving food on the line, as her knees became, it became more difficult for her to stand for long periods of time, she would sit by the window and receive the trays and the cups when clients were done eating. And she would smile at them and faithful, faithful, just, gosh. Mm. So, yeah, so... That's, that's on one end of the, the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum is we have, especially during COVID, I've had the experience of meeting the most wonderful young people who have wanted to help those experiencing homelessness. So I have six-year-olds, eight-year-olds, um, little girls who have decided to, ha- to develop or to make, to make bracelets and sell bracelets and to give those proceeds to St. Joseph Diner. I've had 11-year-olds do fundraising campaigns in the community to raise funds of selling lemonade oh, yeah. to give money to St. Joseph Diner, um, starting campaigns to collect socks in their school. Um, you know, 10, 11 years old. So the other, the other, I've had families who have little ones, you know, one-year-old um, young children who have decided in lieu of birthday presents or Christmas presents to ask for that monetary value as a donation. And they've, as a family, come to our campus and given that donation to wow. to those in need. So there is n- no, no mm-hmm. age. Now, uh, I, I do want to say this. I would be remiss to say that our volunteer opportunities at St. Joseph Diner and Rebuilding Together do have an age minimum because of safety. Sure. So I get that. we're using knives, we're food safety, um, using power, power tools, tools. <laughs> right? So two years old would not be appropriate in no, that scenario. For the nail gun. <laughs> Although they would probably Son, love it. please give me the nail gun back. <laughs> I need it back. Thank you. <laughs> The nail gun needs to take a nappy, honey. <laughs> We're not having any fun right now. Yeah. It, it, so yes, good point. You, you, there are certain age limits that have that make sense, but outside of that, and and with maybe a little bit of creativity, um, Sarah's trying to keep it together. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Here we go. Um, Number nine. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, this is a good one. I like this. So if I volunteer at Catholic Charities of Acadiana, I have to complete an extensive application process. Right. Maybe you're thinking of the uh, college entrance application yes. where you have essays and, you know, fingerprinting and background checking and resume creating. That would not be the scenario. Our application process for St. Joseph Diner is several clicks and entering your contact information in several fields. Simple, simple. Rebuilding together is similar. Yeah. Online, just filling in a few different fields with your name and skill sets or areas of interest, and you press the submit button, and that is it. Yep. So very, very simple. And the, I think the difference between in the two programs that you just mentioned, so St. Joseph Diner and Disaster w- Rebuilding Together, St. Joseph Diner has an online calendar. It is real time. Yes. You can get on there and see this Monday, there are no 
shifts available, so I can't volunteer that day. I've got to look for another day that does have shifts available. Yes. It's real time. It's live running. If, if you're looking at it and someone jumps in and, and schedules a shift, man, it's going to change on you on the spot. That's necessary because it happens every day. Um, on the other side, Let me, can I interrupt oh, you yeah, real yeah, quick ahead, when you're saying shifts? So the shifts that you see are not going to change, but the people filling in the yes, shifts yeah, are going to, yes. yes, that's what's going to change. So yes. I don't want you to think that you're going to go on and then suddenly a shift is poof, going to yeah, disappear. It's not, it's, <laughs> it's going to the, be there. The, the slots for the, the shifts. Yeah. The, Great point. The, the volunteers. Spots. Spots. Slots. Slots. Spots. Spaces. I love it. Words are hard. Um, <laughs> But for for uh, disaster relief, especially, and I'm thinking of right now in our current response, we're we're moving into what's called long term recovery, and we do need more uh, moderate skilled labor right. for these kind of hard jobs that we're doing. And so, if if somebody were to go in and f- fill out, that's that's more of a um, of an, of an inquiry. It like, I, right. I want to volunteer. These are the things that I'm good at. And so our directors from those programs, from rebuilding together or disaster, they're going to reach, reach out back to you at the time and, and see yes. what works with you. Correct. Correct. Yeah. St. Joseph Diner, you sign oh. up, you are, that's you're, you're in, that's you're it. in We're we're looking forward to you coming, but rebuilding together is like, you, yes, it's kind yeah. of the first step on an inquiry to, to make a further connection. Yeah. 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 Good point. Good point. So our final myth on this Mythbusters edition of the need to serve podcast, and this one is very important to me, mm. very, very important to me. And I'm so glad we're going to cover it today. Number 10. If I volunteer at Catholic Charities of Acadiana, then I have to be Catholic. And that would be also incorrect, an incorrect assumption. So while Catholic Charities is born out of our Catholic faith and our response to Christ, our volunteers do come from all walks of life. Just like I'm thinking of missionaries of charity in India, Mother Teresa, you know, they're order, the missionaries of charity, Catholic order, the work that they're doing is born out of their Catholic faith, faith, but all of the volunteers who come are from all walks of life. And it's the same in our work. Um, the charitable works that we engage in are essential to every human being, Catholic or non-Catholic. And so it is proper that all of our, our volunteers, the volunteers who comprise our force, our team, um, are also Catholic and non-Catholic because we are ultimately essentially human beings loving our brothers and sisters in need you may have just said this and i was looking down at the notes but it is is it a reflection of who we serve as well did you just that's say true that? i didn't say that okay. i didn't say that that's a good point though no, it's yeah because the we serve individuals because right. they're in a, a time of crisis and because they're human beings period right right which which may yeah, because I'm having trouble with my words now. Coming back, they come from all walks of life, different faith backgrounds, diff- right? Yeah, and and <laughs> or, or lack thereof. But right. we serve them because correct because we are a Catholic organization and we care for the dignity of every human being. Yes, simply because they are human, yep. created by God and loved by Him. That's it. Amen. Bam. All right. So those are our myths, uh, but. I really, I kind of wanted to have you kind of run us through a, a, sh- like a shift or a day at St. Joseph Diner, just knowing that that's our, 
that's our biggest volunteer need. Yeah. And, and I think people would want to know, like, what, when I get, what's going to happen when I get there? Absolutely. Yeah. So going to come onto our campus. Uh, I park my car in the parking lot. I go around the building uh, and ring the doorbell. And someone, one of our Second Harvest staff uh, or Catholic Charity staff is going to, lets me in. I, there's a table, cafeteria style table, and there's a sign-in sheet. So I just sign my name on the sign-in sheet. Um, on occasion, we've had a, a computer kiosk that has filled that need. So I just sign in to confirm that I have been there uh, for the day. And from there, I make myself a name tag. I fill out a, sign a little liability waiver. And because of COVID, we're taking temperatures as well for safety. And then uh, from there, once our volunteers are assembled for that morning or that afternoon, have a brief orientation to let people know exactly what they're doing, where they're, they're serving, why they're serving, and just some practical housekeeping things so people know where the restrooms are and all of that. Um, and then from there, the Second Harvest staff comes out and does a more specific, this is what you're going to be doing today, whether it's plating the food or boxing the food. And then people just kind of jump into their roles. So it's very, very, very simple. Nothing to be scared of. Awesome. If somebody had questions that we didn't cover today, but they wanted to kind of hash it out with you, how could they get in touch with you about that? Yes. So our website, Catholic Charities Acadiana, is always going to be .org, catholiccharitiesacadiana.org. That's right. It's not Catholic Charities of Acadiana. It's catholiccharitiesacadiana.org. .org, correct. That's always a great first stop. Our main phone number is 337-235-4972, and you would select the option for volunteers and donations. That would go to my office. Um, and, and if I'm not in the office, if you have to leave a message, that comes directly to my computer so I can call you back from any location that I might be working at for the day. And my preference, I love to talk with people one-on-one. -on -one. So if I don't respond to email right away, it's because I would rather talk with you in person, answer any questions that you have, um, get to know you a little bit and, uh, just go from there. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Any last thoughts? I do have a last thought. I was thinking about the essential, need that we have for volunteers and one of the things that people wouldn't think about but something like signing in on the sign-in sheets all of those volunteer hours we log because when it comes time to apply for grants something that people don't realize is that we are not a fully funded organization there is no one that just gives us the money to do what we do we have to pound the pavement to yeah. fundraise yeah, to grant right to um, you know, to, to recruit donors and donations. We have to do that every year and or most, every day or every day, <laughs> right? <laughs> every day. Yes. And so this is a reality, um, of our, of our nonprofit hashtag my nonprofit life. Yeah. And, but one of the things that we are able when we are applying for grants, those volunteer hours are very significant in grant writing in terms of what people see about community engagement and, and whatnot. So those volunteer hours, people would never think of that, that those volunteer hours contribute also to, to our ability to receive um, funding yeah, and, and for, for our programs to exist. For someone who has, who has never applied for a grant or uh, for, for federal grant assistance, um, 
they're often the organization, the funding organization will not just approve you and give you right. the money for your program. Um, they will want to make sure, and I even know, uh, private foundations. They want to make sure that you, that it, it's not just going to you for you to do what you're saying to do, that you're going to, you're pairing that with, um, either something that's important to them or that's right with, yeah. pe- with people uh-huh. or they will partially fund it. And then, and then you'll, you have to fundraise the rest for it. it yes. It's, it's always going to be yes. different. And it's a competitive thing. It's it, it it, various organizations are applying. So there is no guarantee when you apply for a grant that you are going to be the ones to get it. That's so, right. That's right. Yep. So yeah, it is very important. And in a time of disaster also, um, to, um, to offset the, the cost of, of, of disaster recovery for mm-hmm. your area, um, you, those volunteer hours help in that. Yes, um, yes. And so, yeah, it is that great call um, that we have. To, and that's why we have to make sure that you sign in, that we have a, a little bit of your information. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And then also to connect you with volunteer opportunities in the future, because there is so much flux and change. We want to let people know right away if there's something new that comes up or mm-hmm. if there's something that changes when uh, something might speak to you at a certain time. And then, you know, six months later, you see a new opportunity come up and you're like, oh, man, I really want to try that new thing and and we need to be able to let you know about those things as they as they come yeah mm-hmm. this has been a lot of fun so much fun man great, I, great I, way I to end the week that's this is right. a fr- it's friday today it folks it is y'all <laughs> Um, this is this hopefully has given you the listener a a good window into what it's like to volunteer with Catholic Charities of Acadiana throughout our various programs. Um, we hope you stay in touch with us, CatholicCharitiesAcadiana.org, uh, either through uh, our various Facebook pages, our Instagram page, uh, through the other podcasts that we uh, let out. Um, we need you in order to do what we do. We can't do it alone. And And we value you just as we value our clients, just as we seek to live the social teaching of the church in relation to our clients. We seek to live that same social teaching in relation to our volunteers, uh, valuing the dignity of each individual volunteer of each individual contribution, um, of their time, of their schedule. So, yeah. I love it. Me too. Can I close with a quote? St. Saint Pope John Paul the Great. Go. Man cannot fully find himself except through a sincere gift of himself. I'm going to repeat that. Man cannot fully find himself except through a sincere gift of himself. Wow. That's it. So come find yourself, people. You've been listening to The Need to Serve, a production of Catholic Charities of Acadiana. Catholic Charities of Acadiana cares for the sacred gift of all human life, especially the most vulnerable. You can learn more about us and our programs at www.catholiccharitiesacadiana.org. You've got a question for me, shoot me an email, ben at catholiccharitiesacadiana.org. Until next time, I'm Ben Broussard. We'll see you.